Hello, listener. Welcome to another edition of Switch. I hope you're somewhere warm and dry, perhaps under a set of covers, huddled in an extra layer of cable knit. The merry month of May has become more like the misly month of meh, as far as cricket in England is concerned, with wet weather prevailing in the last three rounds of the Championship and quietly trolling the touring New Zealanders, particularly those who flew in from the Maldives during their quarantine period in Southampton. But the international summer is creeping ever closer and we are surely due some sunshine pretty soon. Joining me today for a chat that is ostensibly about the weather, but which may break out into spells of cricket at some point, are two men who know their light meters from their rain radars and are plenty capable of capitalising on some cloud cover. ESPN Crick Info UK editor Andrew Miller and England correspondent George Devell. How are we doing, chaps? Can't complain, can't complain. I mean, obviously complain about the weather, but you know, yeah, mustn't grumble. Well, you don't mind the sight of a green one, Miller, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah, bring it on. Nibble dibble. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, tran- transcending the conditions. Uh, and you've had your second jab, uh, so presumably you feel like you've uh, you've had 10 rounds being bombed by Patrick Patterson. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, vaxxed to the max and feeling a little bit woozy, but um, what, what could possibly when, when did you have that done? Uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. Yesterday. So, um, yeah, last, last night I uh, yeah, went to bed and woke up feeling... Yeah, but it's a bit like the weather, really. So yeah. it's about, right? I, I had mine on Thursday and Friday, or Friday. Thursday or Friday, I can't remember. And honestly, didn't fit, I haven't felt a thing. There we so go. You, are, you and your constitution. <laughs> well, I, think my, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I had had it. I don't know if that makes a difference. Mm. I, yeah. Honestly, I've no idea. But it, yeah. anyway, it was, it was all right. So if anyone's listening, don't fear it. <laughs> yes, so we're not less God, bad we, than God, dying. we sound old, don't we? God. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little bit affronted to be given it. <laughs> I really, genuinely, because um, yeah, in the waiting room, I had offered my chair to someone on a Zimmer frame who declined it, which just seemed rude. Um, yeah. Well, it, yeah, uh, <laughs> it comes to us all um, in the end. The, the you know um, death and and the vaccine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, one before the other. Uh, we have the. Uh, we also have the the new chair of the uh, cricket writers club with us. Uh, childhood ambition fulfilled, George. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you were probably in the meeting, weren't you? I beg not to do it. I mean, it's a great honour. <laughs> no, yeah, you, I mean, that's you, a, that's you, you, you were royally stitched up. I, 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 I was ambushed, that. wasn't I? You were, the minutes you were. are actually embarrassing. <laughs> the minutes I'm actually bargaining, aren't I? Come on now. <laughs> someone else, someone competent. Someone who's not a child. It, I mean, it's a, it's a ridiculous thing. Uh, there are a couple of really nice things about it. Unlike Athers, I'm on the honours board at Lords. <laughs> Unlike Satya. Um, Lovely. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing taking over from Ali Mitchell, who is incredibly competent and focused and notices every detail. It was basically an adult and was also the first female chair. And I think I'm something like the 48th middle-aged white fella. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's a part of history, isn't it? It's and, a pr- um, proud yeah, lineage. <laughs> I, thought it was a, I thought that was a role for sort of retired, washed-up has-beens, <laughs> so it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's uh, democracy in action, and uh, we uh, we all have complete faith in you, uh, George. <laughs> See the mug? Um, yeah, I, I, oh, look at that. I didn't even get it for free. <laughs> Branded Chicken. stash. Well, you know, you, you, uh, you've got to put back in. We all put back in um, for the good of the club. Um it's like uh, uh, Mother Cricket would would uh, would want it that way. Um, <laughs> in in between the grumbling about weather forecasts and rules for bad light, uh, then there has been a good solid topic to get stuck into. Chris Silverwood last week announced his first squad since taking on selection in addition to his head coach responsibilities. And while there were very few surprises, with Ashley Giles having already said England would look at new faces, uh, the IPL contingent wouldn't be considered, etc. Uh, it was an interesting 15, Miller. Yes, um, interesting in that um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing James Bracey in action. I presume he's going to get a get an outing at some stage. I mean, he's he's kind of. I, I wrote about him the other day because I actually saw him in the flesh for the first time in um, Middlesex's game against Gloucestershire. He got a very important seventy-five in the first innings, that basically set up their victory. 
and he looked very good. But I must admit, I've just seen nothing of him. I mean, he's this he's this mystery man who who got spirited into that fifty five man squad uh, this time last year, and basically hasn't been seen since because he's been you know, buried in biosecure bubbles, netting like a like a madman, and basically doing all the right things clearly behind the scenes. He, he's he's emerged a better player by all accounts. I mean, certainly to look at his stats, he was averaging in the mid thirties in Division Two for Gloucestershire in 2018 and 2019. And now he's averaging mid-50s and, and, and Gloucestershire are flying high in their group. So he's... It's a bit like the bit like this kind of myth about IPL players uh, back in the day. You know, the likes of Owen Morgan would would sit on the bench for months on end and hardly ever get a game. But somehow, just by hanging around such good players and comparing notes and working hard in the nets, a lot of them did actually emerge... Uh, with improved games, even without game time. So uh, he's a fascinating case, and I look forward to seeing him put forward a case. Uh, the others, uh, looks like we've got Craig Overton is going to be competing with Ollie Robinson for for uh, um, one seamer's berth and, and potentially a very pivotal number eight role as well, because this is going to be about the first test that we've gone into in five years without a, a designated all-rounder. So uh, their abilities to bat could be... Uh, quite important actually to to England because you know they're not exactly up against a uh, a ropey outfit in New Zealand. They've got uh, some of the best seam bowlers in the world uh, uh, going up against them in what are going to be pretty seam friendly conditions. So you know if England do uh, lose a few up top, which uh, they they have had a habit of doing in the past, uh, it could be very important times for for that lower middle order to to bail England out. So you know I'm, I'm looking on the looking on the bleak side already, but uh, you know it, it, it has been a bleak start of the summer, hasn't it? <laughs> That is the right way to approach uh, an England Test series, I think, Miller, being prepared for them to be three down. Three down a week out from the Test. That's um, possibly a a new record. But, um, George, we we like a bit of fresh meat, albeit that most of these uh, names, uh, James Bracey, friend of the pod... um, Ollie Robinson, another potential debutant. Ben Folks, uh, Dan Lawrence could play their first test at home. They're, they've been sort of uh, tightly sealed in the bubble for the last 12 months at the very least. Uh, so um, not not complete wild cards. No, I thought I thought it was a, a really predictable uh, squad, wasn't it? Hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I suppose the uh, emotional choice would have been to pick Darren Stevens, who I think would have been... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine, and I know you're, they're always looking what, to the future. Well, wasn't wasn't the squad picked before before last uh, the last round of the? Well, you can't say so. he's just started doing it. <laughs> he's been doing it for twenty years, twenty five years. I mean, he sent out his reminder one a week too late. <laughs> do you know how old he is? I, in one of the first pieces I ever had published in the Cricketer, I think he was one of my ones to watch. And we're talking. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I you called 90- it. There. I mean, it's the nineties. <laughs> I, I was looking for it because I'm not. If someone's got it, I'd be really interested to see. I might be wrong. I think Mark Chilton was there as well, and and Lawrence Prettypool. So I didn't get them all right. Well, <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was a really predictable squad. Uh, really, really massive opportunity for a couple of those guys. Uh, I think that Craig Overton. And Ollie Robinson are probably competing for one spot going forward, and I think that's a shame because I think in another era they both could have done a job. And who knows about James Bracey? You know, he can keep wicket, he can bat top order, he can bat middle order. Uh, And who knows what's going to happen with Josh Butler going forward? I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to specialise between formats when you look at England's schedule. So... uh, you know, huge opportunities for those guys, even though the series doesn't mean a lot. Uh, I think um, there'll be such a lot of so many people delighted just to see, you know, high quality cricket back on TV and some people in the grounds. Uh, not as many as we would have liked, but uh, I think everyone's really looking forward to it, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and everyone likes that uh, the sort of frisson around selection. Um, a lot of players that would be involved, um, Miller, were overlooked you know deliberately because of well particularly the uh, the IPL quarantine uh, bunch so that that includes people like um Josh Butler and um Sam Curran and Chris Wokes um on on the I guess on the bowlers first as we've touched on on kind of that debate uh, about 
Robinson and Overton, uh, could they play in the same team? I mean, it looks very much like we're talking, um, and I think George has sort of reported this, one of um, Anderson and Broad, potentially one of Wood and Stone, one of Robinson uh, and Overton. Um, although there's an argument for playing, I guess, Anderson and Broad and leaving out Jack Leach, given very few overs of spin at Lords so far this Season, um, you've mentioned the balance of the side. What what would be your sort of preferred uh, lineup for that that lower order? Um, if it's green at Lords next week, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, one, isn't it? You got you got you got two two out and out quicks in Stone and Wood. You got uh, two sort of unproven, not quite dibbly doublers, but they're you know they're 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 not they're you know they're they're not express pace in Overton and and Robinson they they're like liable to hit the seam and and cause bother and then you got the two veterans who who will who will cause havoc um in these conditions you would you would you would bet so i mean it's a long long summer and as you say it's not part of the world test championship so there is a case for saying to anderson and broad that yep come on you you've been doing this all winter it it, it works rotating you two but then you look at what stuart broad's been up to with, with nottinghamshire i mean he's clearly a man who's in, who's who's in a hurry to get involved again i mean you know nottinghamshire hadn't won a, a first class game for for three years now they've won three on the bounce and he's been integral to that revival um and he's been he's been bowling the hard yards he, i was watching him the other day against worcestershire coming around the wicket bombing the the the, the, the middle order just to just to force the force them back into the stumps and you know luke fletcher cleaning up at the other end he he's he's in a mood to get involved so i would uh he'll be he'll be a brave man to leave stuart stuart broad out the first test of the summer given what uh, given what happened when he when that happened last year i mean it basically brought down ed smith i mean does does does, does chris silver want to want to be brought down by leaving out uh stuart broad uh this early into his selection tenure um i jest in in part but you know anderson broad have been such an important part of england's story for a decade and more um i mean anderson actually is an interesting one because obviously he hasn't hasn't had much of a chance to get on the pitch in the, in the last few mm. days with uh, with rain around uh, at lancashire um he's you know he reported a tight calf earlier in the earlier in the summer and obviously that was a, a big bother for him in the ashes a couple of years ago so um you know again one to one to watch with care but i think on balance i i i would like to see broad um because he looks like he's in form i'd like to see Robinson over Overton, just because I've seen what Overton can do. I think he's he's a he's a competitor, but is he top level competitor at Test level? He hasn't shown it quite yet, although he has shown it with a bat. To be fair, uh, and I, I was watching Stone actually the other day down at down at Chelmsford. Uh, he didn't he didn't impress as much as I thought he would. I thought he would really use that opportunity, particularly in a, a fairly low key game just to just to crank it up and 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 you know get stuck in there wasn't a huge amount of jeopardy given the amount of rain around but he could have laid down a marker or two with a with a really fierce spell he was actually out bowled by by uh by liam norwell so um I, I don't know mark wood has has been bowling rockets for durham uh and mm. again wood has been another guy who's been luckless with selection He's been on the on the fringes. He played one test, wasn't it, last summer, and and got rather muscled yeah. out in various inopportune moments. I think you've got to you've got to think that you you give Wood the the first dibs of the summer in this occasion and um, and go from there. Yeah, Wood uh, Wood and Archer played, didn't they, in that in that first West Indies test, and um, and and then Wood didn't appear again um, after, well, for various reasons, I suppose, but. Um, uh, George, I'll, I'll just go through some of the, the early season stats here. Um, Craig Overton is the leading wicket-taker in the, in the country, uh, 36 at 12.86. That's, I mean, that's a pretty um, impressive start, pretty impressive case for selection. Ollie Robinson has, I think, has played a game less, uh, one game fewer, 29 at 14.72. Stuart Ball has 19 wickets at 16.31. Wood, 10 at 23.3. Ollie Stone 13 at 30.38 and James Anderson has played well I was going to say one game he did play in this the the last round uh, in which Lancashire um batted for about 40 overs over the course of 4 days and nothing else happened uh, up at Wantage Road but he's he's taken 3 for 40 uh, in his one sort of outing with the ball um where does where does you throw those numbers all up in the edge or where does it come down for you uh, you've got to be so careful with the numbers, haven't you, because of the surfaces. I mean, the surfaces mm. have varied massively. There have been some real flat, slow wickets. Mm. Uh, so Stuart Broad's operated on some very flat, slow wickets, actually. Uh, and Craig 
Hoverton has um, has played on some. I, I mean, the, the yeah, some very helpful wickets. <laughs> Having said that, I think he has kicked on a bit. Mm. Uh, I think he, he's just kept on developing. Um, it's just and, he's added a bit of pace. Well, I think he's been working on that for a while. All, all I would say is that some of the, some of the, if you watch the highlight reels or whatever you want to call them, he he is bowling absolute snorters. You know, he's he's having people caught off the glove, the ball jagging at their neck and stuff. I don't think he's going to find many pitches like that in Test cricket. Uh, I mean, probably ever. So <laughs> I'm told that uh, England are asking for pretty flat wickets all summer, and that the aim is to prepare for the ashes when you know typically we'd expect wickets with some pace and bounce sure but also wickets full of runs and wickets where you where you have to bat for four or five sessions if you're going to win a game so that's what they want to do they're preparing they're looking at the future so if that is the intention uh you know if the ashes is the intention do we need to play say wood i mean is wood necessarily going to get a lot out of I, I, what I expect is going to be quite slow wickets, even if they're flat. I don't know. W- wood and stone, I don't think we'll get a lot of joy out of them. Um, and when we saw the completely reasonable decision not to pick Broad and actually to pick Wood and Archer last year, it didn't really help England, did it? In English conditions. No, I, I no get they the lost temptation. the game, didn't they? So. <laughs> they did lose the game. I mean, they probably should have won it. Do you remember there was a drop catch? Just yeah, dropped a catch yeah, down the left right, side. Yeah. They probably should have won it, to be fair. But... You know, the point is, if you're a captain and it was Ben Stokes, actually, who made the final decision about selection, <laughs> not Ed Smith. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're captain, I, I, I get the temptation to want that pace. I would. It's just so much more fun, isn't it? And it gives you a weapon all the time. But in English conditions, I don't know. It seems to me that they're... If you're looking at just winning, you might well play Broad and Anderson. And that's completely reasonable as well. But if you're looking at learning and developing, you've got to be picking... Some of the others, haven't you? You've got to be picking at least one of um, Overton and Robinson in each test. And I, I would have thought that there is a perfect opportunity with very little time to rest and rotate. Hmm. I think there are six seamers, aren't there? <clears throat> yes, so, that's So right, you yeah. could easily play three in each. And if you want to play four, that's fine too. Um, but I, if, I, if I was one of those seamers and I didn't get a game, I'd wonder what the point was. You know, it is a series that, you know, it's great and all, but it doesn't actually count mm. to the World Test Championship. I actually have no idea why we're playing it. It seems utterly unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, it's not as if England missed any international <laughs> cricket. They didn't They didn't lose a day of the schedule, did they? So why we're squeezing extra in, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's like having a sandwich because to... you miss lunch when you've just had lunch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope that line makes it into your explainer about why we're playing the series. Well, I, yeah, I've forgotten <laughs> I have to do that. Um, so so um, I, I, I would like them to uh, experiment a little bit. And, um, and for that reason, I hope that Bracey gets a game as well. Uh, and where that will be is interesting. Um, I mean, this is moving on the conversation a bit, but I know to, Sibley's been trying to play cricket a lot. You know, he played a second 11 game <laughs> where it rained. He yeah. played a first 11 game where it rained, and he's been batting in the nets every moment he can. He can. Whether they, I mean, they might use it as an excuse to say, has he had enough cricket? Mm. And they might want to look at other people. But I think they see Sibley and Burns and Crawley as as pretty integral to what they're taking to the Ashes. And maybe you don't want to move them, which means that Bracey either keeps or comes in in the middle order. Well, yeah, that's, um, well I was going to say that, that question, um, uh, the top three question, Miller, um, the, the, the case for sticking with... With the established three, albeit that um, not the not the three who played England's last test. If you if you look at the the India series, I suppose is um, you know quite an extreme uh, example of conditions that the that um, any well, any England side are going to face. Um, the case for sticking with sort of Burns, Sibley, and Crawley. Um, that you know Silverwood is is a man who puts a lot of store by continuity and uh, uh, by backing players. Burns was perhaps the most vulnerable going in. Um, having having been dropped in India, but he's made 500, 554 runs at sixty one, scored a hundred in the last uh, a timely hundred in his last game. Um, uh, but but Sibley um, hasn't played a lot of cricket. Crawley's kind of um, 
got three fifties, I think, um, and and you know had a little bit of time in the middle, if not been dazzling. But uh, but Sibley, as you say, has as George says, hasn't really had much of an opportunity. And you you watched him planting the front dog um, steadfastly up at Chelmsford. Uh, uh, I certainly week. did. I mean, it was it was as front dog planting goes. It was exceptional. It was it was it was it met the needs of the hour and tough conditions uh, for some daft reason. Warwickshire decided to bat first on on what was clearly going to be a, a livid day for Green Seamers, and um, it was it was a tough day. I mean, I, I think he got he he, he got a twenty twenty got his twenty nine and hundred balls, while at the other end they were four down for twenty nine. So you know he 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 was he was he was blocking blocking for the life of him, and it's almost almost like having a live net. Frankly, he was just absolutely steadfast on the front on the front foot. Nothing shall pass. Until finally it did, obviously. Um, but afterwards, he, he sort of admitted that the big test for him would come in the field. He, his, his finger felt fine with, with padding on and all the rest of it, but he was a little bit nervous about how it would respond to trying to trying to catch the ball. And funnily enough, he didn't. He dropped a uh, he dropped a catch at point off Dan Lawrence when Lawrence was on naught. I mean, it was obviously it made no difference in the in the end of what was a washout. But you do you do wonder whether he was just a little. I mean, everyone drops catches. It may be you may be reading too much into it. But given what he said about his slight nerves about being in the field again. And given that you know close catching is 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 an important part of Test cricket, um, that may also be a factor in as to why they they may think yeah it, it, it give him another week or so to to prove his fitness. Um, but further down the line, though, I mean it, the interesting issue for England is, is that they have got. I mean, it, it's a familiar issue in some ways. They've always had a a, a middle order that uh, that that promises riches, but at the moment when you got Dan Lawrence. You know, he's, he didn't have a brilliant game the other day, but I mean, he he's had a good winter and he's looks like the coming man in many ways. He's a clear middle order prospect. You've got uh, Joe Root clearly, uh, Ben Stokes when he comes back, um, uh, Bracey now wants to give him an opportunity. Uh, Crawley is you know potentially an opener in the Michael Vaughan mould, but uh, if if they if they do decide that two. Uh, bedrocks in Burns and Sibley is is overkill. I mean, it's been very very important for England to have these these dead batted um, totems at the top of the order to try and reboot their Test credentials. But you do think I, I sense that actually England have turned a little bit of a corner. They're not quite the same flighty middle order. I haven't even mentioned Ollie Pope either, obviously. But they're not quite the same flighty middle order that they were when they had Joe Denley at number three, just trying to trying to prevent complete meltdown. Um, they they aren't quite so reliant on on quite so many of their all rounders stacking down to eight and nine. There are one or two guys in that middle order who could potentially be very 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 good for England, and you want to try and get them in, don't you? And and is that a temptation for England? Do they is there is having that top top three of Burns, Crawley, Sibley too much sort of? ballast and 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 um, Crawley potentially is is more than just ballast, but you know what I mean. It's if they don't experiment in this test and try to work out how important is it to have have these guys, um, then you get into India and you'll be a bit confused as to as to how England want to go about it. So um, yeah, there's there's something riding on this in the absence of of mm. those middle order big guns. Well, who who mm. else would go three? I mean, Bracey, I suppose, could bat three. Well, exactly, Bracey could go three. Um, Bracey. Uh, that's so you're playing play, Bracey at three and, and drop in one of... Well, Sibley potentially just leave him out for the moment because, because you know, he hasn't had much game time and he had had a broken finger. I mean, you know, there, there, there are reasons to think that that potentially it's, it's a bit early for him, but I don't know. They probably won't. They probably won't. They'll probably, they'll probably go for the, go for that, step, that top three. Now that Burns has got his century, mm. um, he's probably he's probably bought himself the time that he, he's been looking for all summer. He's, I mean, he's um, looked good as well, hasn't he? I mean, he, yeah. I think he has part. He has reached fifty. As I don't think anyone's reached fifty more often. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in yeah, some of the circumstances he's done that, that's been a pretty good effort. So, uh, I, I just think they've only they have only got seven tests ahead of the Ashes, so fourteen innings, and uh, they might want some to to really decide on s- some stability there. I, I don't know. I, I'd be a, I'd be a bit surprised if they messed with that. I think it might come down to. Bracey and Lawrence in the middle order. Mm. Mm. I mean, they've sort of said they want to get tests into, say, Bracey or, or, or Anne Robinson and Overton, uh, he's played before, 
ahead of a, an Ashes series, so you're not going there and making a, a, a debut if if needed. Um, this is the series to experiment, isn't it? If if they yeah. are going to, as it's, it's, you say, it's not in a uh, in the World Test Championship. It's kind of been. Uh, shoehorned in for reasons unknown um and then you've got five tests against india coming up when if you you, you know you can then settle on your um 11 and and stick with it um and build up momentum before yeah, whatever else comes next world t20 uh yeah very, but I, i'm sure various I mean, they, other tours a lot of that uh the fast bowlers for australia pick themselves already i mean mm-hmm. you you can pretty much guarantee if they're fit five of them Anderson, Broad, and the three quick guys, Stone, Wood, and Archer, they will be there if they're fit. So I don't know how many other spots there are. I mean, I think it, it's probably... I guess if it's, a, if it's an expanded uh, squad for Well, for there'll be a Lions reasons, team then. there, won't there? It, um, as there was last time. But in terms of actually being with the squad, you probably only need one of Robinson or Overton. Probably. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't think... That Silverwood is going to want oh, loads and loads. Chris, of Chris Wokes might be putting his hand up at some point. And, uh, well, I'd love him to, but I, 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 he, he's <laughs> not. I was up England's the... Player of the Year last year. How have, yeah, how have you uh, dropped me from consideration? And he's got this reputation as, uh, which I think is a bit outdated, uh, for not being great overseas with the Cookerborough. Mm. And, and, and I know it's a small sample size, but after he worked with Goff, I thought he yeah. did take a step forward. I mean, he got. Kane Williamson out in Hamilton, and that's hard, <laughs> uh, with an absolute beauty. And he was hitting the pitch harder, and they were bringing him on a bit earlier as well. So he was, you know, how long's the Cookerborough swing for? 12 overs or something? And he mm. was coming on sort of the 8th over instead of the 20th over. And I thought that he, he, yeah, he was just, it doesn't sound like rocket science, but this is what Goffey told him, just hit the pitch harder. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah. and he was getting a bit more out of it. So uh, I think before he was going ever more full, and trying to, you yeah. know, get some swing and then just going back of the length and trying to stop runs. And he got mm. a, good, a bit caught between the two of those things mm. and didn't achieve a lot. So I think he's come on and still could do a job. And, of course, he can bat. Yeah. But I, I don't hear him in the conversations, really, with a view mm. to the Ashes. And I think, he, he you know, he, he's, yeah, he, he's got a bit to do to get selected. Mm. Um, it's been a strange year for him, uh, and obviously he's not not in the uh, shake-up here because of his time at the IPL. Um, Miller, George mentioned there, uh, fitness permitting um, these players will be in the squad. Fitness permitting is very much uh, a question uh, hanging over Joffre Archer at the moment. Um, he tried to, to prove his fitness ahead of this series. He played for Sussex. Uh, he played for Sussex twos that I think you were there for as well. Um, but problems with the elbow persisted and he has since undergone surgery for an impingement of the joint. Um, beyond that, we don't really know too much. But obviously England will be hoping to have him fit for the Ashes, have him fit for a World T- uh, T20 or T20 World Cup later this year. So, um, you know, a lot riding on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, God, I, I do hope he comes back well. But I mean, if they, if ever he was going to have the the surgery, now was the window. I mean, bear in mind that the the the, the millions of uh, the, the the money that goes into the IPL meant that you know for all that him having the surgery straight after the England's winter tour would have been ideal. It's just just financially that wasn't going to happen. He's the MVP of the of the of the IPL. Therefore, they were surely going to try and get him out there. But now that he's not got there and now that um, there is this window as you say before I mean for all that five tests against India is a big deal mm-hmm. it's not actually as big a deal for England given that the, you know you do have the likes of Anderson Broad uh, proven performers in English conditions who, who will be more than adequate to to fill that hole they're not going to be more than adequate to fill the sort of hole that Joffre Archer could fill uh, at places like Brisbane and Perth. So, you know, if England can have him fit in time for that and, of course, the World T20 when, you know, they're going to uh, have a real shot, to be honest. I mean, you know, there's, there's 50 over champions and and uh, and a side that, that got to the final in India uh, last summer in 2016. Uh, England could, with a fair win behind them, become the first team to, to hold both 50 and 20 over trophies concurrently. So it's a big target for England. You know, you can, you can write off T20 cricket as a, as a, as a lesser format if you wish, but it's not often that England have genuine opportunities to win global, global trophies. So I, I'm all for England using this moment to try and get him fit for, for the twin peaks coming up later in the year. Um, I mean, in terms of what the actual problem is, I mean, it's hard to, hard to know, but, uh, you know, it does sound like he does have he does have a bit of hyperextension in that elbow, which is partly where his 
where his extreme pace come from, so that sort of ability to whip through a bit like Shoabaktar had, he, he, he hyperextended his elbow as well. Uh, and if that is causing impingement, as they say, uh, ask, A, that's going to be very painful, and B, very problematic to try and fix, because, you know, if they, if they firm the elbow up too much, he'll lose that hyperextension. And, I mean, Simon Hughes was talking about it on Twitter the other day, uh, unfortunately copied Joffer in with a very gloomy prognosis, which is a bit unfair, but uh, the point he made, I thought, was quite interesting, that, you know, that, that he, he had a similar issue in his playing days uh, obviously never quite as quick <laughs> so, but so, but yeah. you know he, he was never he was never even as quick as he he, he started out <laughs> afterwards so it, it, it's a concern uh, and um yeah wish him well and hopefully you know by by using this opportunity right now uh england will have a have a chance to to you know manage his fitness back for the rest of the summer and have him fit and firing uh in time for, for october november december which is when the real business end of his year begins frankly Joffre Archer on the road to becoming uh, the next Simon Hughes, George. Well, no, it's, it's a worry, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not. Well, it really wasn't comforting. I mean, he, he got called out for for for, for being gloomy. But uh, the basic point, I thought, was a sound one. Um, as as Yozza can sometimes sometimes manage his sound points. He was quite quick when he started. It's a long, long time ago. You go back to about 1980. <laughs> but he Did was you pick of... him as one to watch back then? Well, no, but I remember I was a big fan of... I, I mean, I was such a geek as a child. I mean, literally, I was seven or eight reading Mike Brearley's books. Uh, and uh, and, and I, I'm sure that there's a section in there about how promising he was. He was, you know, he was playing in an extremely good Middlesex side. Uh, and at that stage, he was. He was springy, and he did have pace. And, um, yeah, anyway... Uh, he played for a long time um, uh, without that pace as well. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure that Joffre hyperextends. I, I, I don't know that he does. Uh, but anyway, who am I to, to disagree well, with? One for the, with the analyst expert. Well, what, what, uh, yeah. whatever it is, he gets he gets yeah. pace through through that action that that mm. really is over and above what you'd expect that action to give you. Because it's, yeah, but he's very like. Well, Ezra Mosley is the one he's really like, but. So is there, um, yes. The, but, but that is um, a bit of a niche comparison, perhaps. But he's not <laughs> unlike Michael Holding, in that mm. he's light and springy and wonderfully athletic. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, so the opposite would be, I don't know, Patrick Patterson, Martin DeLanger, someone like that, who, who are just... Mm. Well, not just. Um, who, there's a lot of muscle involved. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't with Joffre. Now, I wonder if it's as simple as he was overbold. Because, well, Lord, was he overbold. In New Zealand, for example, I think he bowled. Yeah. 40 plus overs in each of those tests mm. and uh and then oh i i mean this is you know i don't have the knowledge to have this conversation really but i've started but that you know you get if <laughs> you get some sort of on most topics George. no right if, but if you get a stress <laughs> fracture uh sometimes the bone mm. grows back a little bit more than you would want yeah mm. to, to protect itself uh but the, the 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 fact that they've been given us such little information is a bit of a concern. It, it maybe suggests that it was a little bit exploratory what they were doing, but mm. I don't know. I, I, mm. I don't know, but I, I don't see that it... You see, I don't know that he does hyperextend, but maybe um, this is a, a, an area where you'd need someone with a lot more technical knowledge than me, um, because I think that his action is fantastic and economical, and, and if we're reasonable with him and his workloads, mm. I'd be pretty confident he can come back from this I mean, he's not the only. He's, you know, a lot of uh, bowlers have had issues and operations before, uh, and his workload going into that series against South Africa was was crazy. Mm. It was crazy. You know, all the overs. Mm. He, I think he bowled the most overs for England in the World Cup, and and I know that you know they're obviously limited to a max of ten a game. But his overs are always the intense ones. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he goes hard up front. He comes back for two or three in the middle, probably when they need a wicket. And then he goes hard again at the end. And, and, and he's actually, you know, having now seen a lot of him, he's quite easy to read. I know that he bowls quite a lot of slower balls anyway. But towards the end, why on earth was he playing uh, for England uh, towards, you know, recently, when they were aware that his elbow was starting to hurt? Why was he playing in India? Hmm. He played played all all five of the T20s. All five of the T20s. Yeah. Well, what was that about? 
That's hmm. that, that to me Practice, isn't, absolute, isn't it? That's getting, getting, well, getting, the, getting the team combinations right. You know, yeah. I mean, it looked it looked pretty impressive when him and Wood were were firing bombs. Well, he did in the first ball. game or two, but I think uh, in the but towards the end, he's bowling eighty percent slower balls, and um, yeah. that's why I say that he becomes a bit more a bit easier to read because he's only doing that, I think. Because his elbow hurts. Yeah, I'm not saying he, his slow ball is obviously terrific, but it's a much better slow ball when the variation <laughs> between it and the ball <laughs> before is like. I mean, I, I, 25%. I, I watched him. I watched him a couple of weeks ago for his. I went down for a couple of days of his uh, comeback game at uh, Hove for the seconds. And to be frank, I mean, he potted in. He he hardly cranked it up at all. He he just went through the motions. He was out bowled at the other end by 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 some rookies, and and, and he didn't look up to much. He he was just feeling his way back. But then suddenly. On, his, on that first morning of his comeback proper uh, for the first, he was bowling absolute rockets. He 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 bowled an absolute snorter to Zach Crawley to prize him out, and uh, you know I think it was only four overs, but it was like wow, that's this is this is proper job. And well, then, that's probably what the sort of spells he should be bowling. Well, that's Look, the thing. I mean, if he, if he was he clearly can get fit nervous. enough to bowl those spells, then 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 yes, you're right. It, but unfortunately, as you say. There was a you know forty four overs on debut against against Australia and another forty in Mount Monganui. I mean, Jesus! <laughs> and mean, every it, time it, he's 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 the one asked to make a difference. You know, we're very happy to ask Anderson or Broad to bowl dry, but we we maybe expect a little bit too much of mm. of Wood and Archer and 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 Co. And 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 we, this might be the same with Stone. Stone's different too. Yeah, just one thing to watch out with Stone. He builds into a spell. Mark mm. Wood might be the quickest ball he, he bowls. Might be his second or third ball. Uh, really, he's he's into it that mm. fast. Yeah, yeah. Joffre too, up to a point. Yeah. Ollie Stone's different. So if you see his first over and he's bowled an eighty mile an hour ball, and you're thinking, "What's all the fuss about?" You know, give him some time because he he'll, he'll keep coming. Uh, and and they're all different, but we have to be a little bit reasonable about what we expect from them. I, I, I honestly, I think there is an element that England's not had this toy to play with very much mm. and suddenly they've got these fast mm. bowlers and you know Joe Root's an admirable fellow in lots of ways but I think he did over bowl them and that's something they've got to watch out but Mark Wood's come back you know having had all his trials and tribulations and he looks um, so much more robust you know since that last operation and since he lengthened his run up mm. He's been terrific. Uh, obviously, he's had a side strain. Well, that can happen. But um, a side strain that was worsened because he was asked to keep bowling in the World Cup final, of course. Um, so it, it shows that they can come back through the other side. And uh, uh, the worry, of course, is that Joffre has played almost as many games as Simon Jones and there are no guarantees. But I don't think we're there yet. And I think that maybe when he comes back, we have to be a bit wiser about how he's used. And that's why, this is, it all sort of makes sense, that's why someone like Craig Overton or Ollie Robinson, who can bowl and bowl and bowl, may have a role for England, even in the Ashes. Agreed. Particularly yeah. if you're playing Leach, by the way, or if, you, if, if he's your number one spinner, that you might want to use someone like that as your bowl-dry option. And, and Craig Overton is, is, is a beast of a bowler. I mean, I... I he he will happily, uh, seemingly, run in a bowl of twenty over spell. He's quite old fashioned that way. He's sort of Mike Selvey or someone used to do the same sort of role, mm. and he and he's quicker than that actually. Mm. Uh, he, he's, I've got a lot of time for those guys. Ollie Robinson too, I think. Ollie Robinson maybe is a wee bit slower than Craig Overton, but he bowls that super length. And while Australian batsmen particularly might want to go after Ollie Robinson, they'll try and hit him off his length like they did with Angus Fraser. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so good and so skillful that he, he'll he'll be there or thereabouts if they do that. And that's, I mean, the other important part of this, of course, is is, is Stokes and the, the fact that the, his his finger break is is massively inopportune in the short term. But giving him a break, full stop. I mean, frankly, his you know since since Pakistan last year and obviously the, the sad circumstances of, of of him leaving the tour, uh, leaving the series at that stage. He's been pretty quiet this 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 past year. He, you know, he, it's a bit of hard yakker in India in the tests, but uh, broadly speaking, he's had a year off. And you know, if he can just use this opportunity just to just to rest up, because you know, I mean, he he looked knackered at times uh, towards 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 the end of uh, end of you know when he was being Mister Superman, winning everything every time uh, with bat and ball and all the rest of it, so much on his shoulders. But if he can come back fit and firing, and you know. 
be the man he can be on the one hand, but also just be that fifth bowling option, a genuine fifth bowling option that that allows England not to have to overbowl. It's Archer, crucial. Not have to overbowl Wood, and you know have, have a spear carrier as well. It, it does crucial. give England options. But he, he he is an interesting bowler, isn't he? Because he has to have bowled quite a lot to get to to be effective. I mean, for all the, I've only ever seen him once look completely exhausted, and I think that was in um, in Sri India. Lanka? Was it was it on this recent tour when he just he bowled too much? Mm. Uh, but generally, he seems another one who seems to react quite well to the workload. But then you've got to look after his knee in particular. Mm. But you, you're right; there may be a blessing in disguise here that he's had lots of time off to refresh mentally as well as physically. And um, you know, uh, you know that he'll have kept himself fit. He's not lacking competitive <laughs> options. I don't know. I mean, there's not there's not really any worries if if Ben Stokes is fit. He's a fantastic asset for England batting at five or six, and bowling. The, the, the other, the, I mean, the issues are around the details. It's like who who is that final seamer? Do you play Anderson and Broad together, particularly in Australia? I'm talking, and who's your spinner? Because Leach is absolutely nailed on at the moment as the number one spinner, <coughs> and, and although he's a determined, brave batsman, batter rather, you you still know that he doesn't offer the batting options of, I don't know, even Bess who I believe was second choice spinner for this uh, party, which surprised me a bit. I thought that Parkinson may have gone ahead of him. Moen might still be in the frame. And and, and just, it, it definitely would have been a bit of a punt. It definitely would have been. And I might regret saying this, but I, I would have been tempted to look at Matt Critchley. Just mm. because he could maybe bat at six or seven or five even. And, uh, and bowl leggies and... If you're really looking for the future, don't know. Whether he's absolutely good enough with the bat, don't know. I think he is, actually. <clears throat> he's averaging 50, isn't he, this season? Um, I haven't seen masses of him bowling, but he seemed to have decent control and variations. There's a lot to like there. Mm. Um, it's going to be difficult to balance the side, <clears throat> I, I fear, with, say, Leach, Anderson and Archer and Broad. You know, I mean, you have got... People mm. there who aren't going to score you very many runs in Australia. Mm. Well, lots to, uh, to to work out between now well, no, and uh, no, their details. <laughs> their details, they're, they're almost there. They've got, you know, if they they probably know eight or nine, maybe even ten of the team they want to play at um, in Brisbane. Well, that that's a super place to be, and you want options and you want reserves. Indeed, and uh, and nothing to go wrong between now and then. Um, we <laughs> we've probably covered England uh, in pretty uh, good detail there. Let's let's move on to their opponents. Um, don't mention the boundary count uh, because New Zealand are back for the first time since the 2019 World Cup. Miller, um, different format, of course, but it will be good to see these two teams dukesing it out at Lords once again. Yeah, it won't adjust. I mean, you know, New Zealand are are a quality quality team. I mean, they they you know they've proven that by getting to the World Test Championship final, and uh, and this and for that reason, you know, this this um this two match series is incredibly important to them. They they they've got an opportunity here over and above what India have got because they they got a quality opponents to really get into into their straps. I mean, you know, it, you don't want to call a Lord's Test against England a warm up, but essentially it is. I mean, it, 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 you know, in an era when warm-up games just don't exist and it's all about intra-squad uh, activity behind closed doors, etc., this is a real opportunity for them to, to to lay down a marker or to get some form and go to the go to the GS Bowl to to take on India and and win a trophy because you know it's uh, it's one of those one of those squads and one of those teams and one of those eras for New Zealand that they really do deserve to come away with something. You know, they got to the two World to, uh, World Cup finals. Lost them both. They've they've been there or thereabouts. They've always been the nearly team, haven't they? But they're better than a nearly team. They're a bloody good team. You know, they've got Kane Williamson is one of the best batsmen in the world. They've got a bowling attack who's the, frankly is the the envy of pretty much anywhere in the world. You know, between Trent Bolt, proven effectiveness, Neil Wagner, who's just who's just magnificent and and malicious and just goes for your brain every time. Carl uh, Jamieson, I can't wait to see him in action. I mean, obviously we saw him in the IPL. Different circumstances, but you know, getting back in in whites and 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 using that credible height just to wang it down. Tim Southie, proven bowler. I mean, they've they've got they've got quality and spades in that in that outfit. Um, 
England are going to have a real challenge to 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 compete with them. And and you know, this era, as I mentioned, it, it goes back a while to you know 2015 and them getting to the World Test, uh, the the World Cup final. But that year, I, I hark on about it quite a lot. But that Lord's Test, the last time New Zealand played a Lord's Test uh, in 2015, mm. I would say was probably my favourite Test match of of the decade of of the of the of the of the 2000s potentially. It was an absolute humding. I mean, look at the scorecard. If uh, if you want a reminder of what can happen when you stretch a Test across five days and have ebbs and flows and different types of cricketer performing different roles at different moments, it was absolutely sensational Test match. The, I think it was the highest scoring. Test of all time, uh, beating Lords uh, 1990 when Gooch got his 3-3-3. Um, got uh, Stokes coming of age test, getting the fastest 100 in uh, uh, in Lords history. Uh, Alistair Cook chugging along. Um, Brendan McCullum's captaincy. There was, there was so much to love about it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this this series and and, and this team. They're 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 a fun side to watch. Uh, although George may may differ, having having witnessed Mount Monganui, he, he may have a, may no. Have a well, that, that, that's it's really interesting that because um, they obviously haven't played that much overseas. They haven't played that much Test mm. cricket, have they? And uh, the way they play in New Zealand is very attritional and percentage based, uh, and they don't play with the Duke's ball. So that will be really really interesting. Uh, particularly if England, if England really are looking at flat wickets and attritional cricket, interesting. I mean, taking on New Zealand at their own game, mm. New Zealand are probably favourites. But if they play all the sort of wickets we've seen in England in the last couple of years, England are really tough to beat. And, and all those um, excellent uh, batters in the New Zealand side will be tested in in ways that they're not particularly familiar with. You know, if you put Ross Taylor on a flat wicket. He's tough. But, you know, as soon as the start of ball starts moving around, you, you've got much more of a chance. Of course you have. You have against anybody. But, um, you know, that, that's the potential weakness. But, but you know, you, you're right. They, apart from maybe a really top-class spinner, they look super. And I, I agree about Jameson. I think Jameson hit Sibley on the head where uh, at the start of that tour. And he, he did, looked, yeah. He, he looked he tremendous. I might still have that on my phone. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, uh, you, you, you recorded it side on, didn't you? It was glorious. I, 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 yeah, something like I got sunburned doing it. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, in Fungari, and, and he looked uh, like um, Tremlett, like Chris Tremlett, uh, sort of went at his best. Not not just the height and physique, but the, the action and the skills up to a point. Um so he he looks a fantastic asset. Uh, yeah. So even though you know we might not see Bolt until the World Test Championship <clears> final, and, and that's the other thing, of course, they are building for something very specific. Mm. I mean, both teams are. So so it might be that they look at it and it um, to you know, I don't know. They're, they're going to make sure they get the the workloads right, aren't they? Mm. Um, and that and that might be relevant. But uh, you, you know, it, it, I think it would be it would be more fun to see them on the sort of surface we saw them in two thousand fifteen. I agree that was. Um, that was an absolute classic test. Yeah, um, yeah, that series is very mem- memorable, um, it's, and it's ironically sowed the seeds, albeit that was a, a the, the test leg, but the, the one day stuff that came for for England winning the World Cup against New Zealand um, four years later. Um, Emila, I mean, uh, as we said, New Zealand are targeting that World Test Championship final. That's the that's what they want to go home with. Um it's fair to say that um that yeah they don't play a lot of test cricket on the road. Uh they in and their record away from home is is markedly poorer than it than it is at home. I think in the last ten years they've lost twice in Australia, uh lost twice in India, lost twice in South Africa, uh, haven't won in any of those places, uh haven't won a series in England since nineteen ninety-nine. Um they had a pretty good record in the UAE uh which is you know not to be sniffed at but um and perhaps with um with a view to sort of building and the fact that bolt won't be here um for these tests and um yeah they might we might want to manage the players a little bit ahead of the the Aegeus bowl meeting with india uh i mean that there won't be any shame if they if they don't win in England but do go home with the World Test Championship final is, is, is what I'm saying I suppose but yes. it'll be interesting how they how they approach that. Yeah, totally. I mean, you mentioned the the, the record on the road and actually that that three nil loss in Australia I think it was a couple of years ago that was that was quite mm. instructive actually because they mm. went in there with a real 
a real feeling that they were the coming side, and they they got mm. duffed up by 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 uh, David Warner, which happens. Uh, yeah. But it, but it, but you know it was it was a disappointment. I, I I thought I thought that was going to be an absolute humding. I thought I was going to be almost a sort of World Test Championship uh, de facto series, but uh, yeah. it, it wasn't, and and they lost very heavily. So, uh, but again, you know, moments like that. A part of their their journey to that World Test Championship final, they've 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 taken their blows. They've they I mean they talk about their home record being being better than their away record. Their home record is absolutely sensational. So you know that's that's bound to be the case. Um, so uh, yeah, they're 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 a hardened outfit, and that that's that's the thing that uh, I I think will give them the edge over India going into that that final is you know the 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 blows they've taken and the time that they will have spent. Over here, I mean, you know, there, I was talking to Kane Williamson the other night, and he, he that was well, that was a week ago, and he was still on his balcony at the GS Bowl waving to his mates because he was still in quarantine. But you know, they're they're here, they they they've been here a while now, and they're they they they're building very steadily through this miserable weather, uh, getting used to the dank, and crappy conditions we got this summer. Um, you know, they they they're in a good place in in so far as they're here and 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 getting getting the hard yards in. Um, so yeah, come come uh, come mid June, and that and that main event, uh, I would be surprised if they're not firing on on something close to full cylinders. Um, they'll certainly have had the the opportunity against England to, as you say, try a few options, learn a few hard lessons maybe, or or or, or, or good lessons, whichever whichever it takes. Um, they they will be a little bit more battle ready, I suspect, than mm. than India, and that may be crucial. And I, I don't know. There's actually quite a lot of details I don't know I know about about that game. For example, uh, we don't really know what the surface will be like, and it could vary hugely. Um, we don't really know what I, I don't know what the balls could which ball they're using. Do you? Mm. Not mm. sure. Actually. No. no, and I'm not positive which they prefer. <laughs> I mean, I don't suppose it'll be the SG. <laughs> no, so I'd think yeah, I would think India would probably prefer the Dukes. Uh. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. So it's uh, these things. Are, these things are, are, are massive. Mm. I mean, you know, for example, do you want Wagner with a, a Duke's ball? Does he still get in the side? Not sure. Mm. Oh, Neil Wagner gets in every side. I think um, <laughs> is the answer to that that question, um, George. Um, World Test Championship final a month or so away. Actually, less than a month away. I think now India uh, will be coming um, and. Just on the subject of India coming, George, um, in the last week or so, there has been this uh, uh, story going around um, about the BCCI asking polite questions of, of England, re the scheduling of the rest of the summer. Um, what, what, uh, what do you make of that? What is the latest on this that um, the BCCI might fancy moving a, 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 the test from the end of the series uh, with England uh, to, to, to near, much near the start of the series in order to fit in uh, the IPL? Well, I don't think I, I'm not positive that that's what they said. I think it might be that they wanted the whole series moved a bit, but there are there are various ways you could do it. Yeah. So, so when we first got whiff of that, which I think it's fair to say came from the India end, uh, the ECB denied it. The official channels at the ECB denied it completely, mm. and so then, so so that's basically the comms department. So then you, you go to the the host counties, the host clubs. They didn't know anything about it. They were alarmed, but they didn't know anything about it, and so. I'll be honest with you, I went to Ian Watmore, the chair of the ECB, and he didn't know anything about it. So it's a bit strange that the BCCI are telling us this is happening, mm. and the ECB say they have no record of it. Well, it would appear that they just have been talking to Tom Harrison directly. And, and, and I get the impression it has been a polite request with very little expectation of any changes. Any changes that happen just create difficulties elsewhere don't they mm. uh, you know i don't think if there could be a way personally anyway my, my view is if there could be any sort of way to help out india in this situation let's do it absolutely let's do it we're all in this mess and lots of teams have helped england out in the last mm. year or two so let's find a way to work together but then you start looking at the detail i mean there's no slack in the schedule so uh, and of course people have bought tickets you want to be respectful to them you want to be respectful to the broadcasters you know there's there's a lot going on so i don't think it's particularly reasonable sadly to to be in a position to be able to help but i think it's a completely fair request i don't think it was 
I don't think there have been threats. I don't think there's been bullying. I don't think there's a, you know, anything going on, any deals. I don't think it's about uh, Indian players playing in the hundred. I think, um, as an aside, I think if you look at the schedule, India are in the Caribbean next year when the hundreds played. And by the way, all the people who are shocked about Australian players being busy, that's been on the FTP since 2018. So, uh, you know, there were always reasons why some of us were a bit cynical about overseas players playing in the 100, because there's no room in the schedule. <laughs> there's, no, I mean, there's no room. And that's the problem the BCCI have now. What do you move? And anything that you change creates other problems. So I think you have to say, sorry, it is your domestic tournament and we're not going to compromise our own domestic tournaments to, to enable it to happen. Uh, and that's uh, and it's a shame. I genuinely regret that, but I I can't. Hey, we might be a few hours away from massive news, but the <laughs> idea that old that old Trafford test in particular, just sold out for the first three days, could could be moved now. Maybe moved even to a time when you wouldn't be guaranteed to be allowed full houses. I mean, it would be such a slap in the face to spectators, to hosts, to broadcasters. Yeah. Just don't think it can happen, sadly. Yeah. Um, well, George, I think you've coined a catchphrase there. Uh, that that will be, I think, a feature uh, every every show from now on. There isn't any room in the schedule. Um, let's let's finish back in the comfort blanket of the championship after the promise of April with batsmen scoring big runs and spin bowlers holding their own. A soggy few weeks have rather taken the heat out of things. A month ago, uh, Miller, it, it looked like several batsmen would be uh, in with a tilt at a thousand runs before the end of May. Now it would need David Beddingham to score 376 against Essex this week to become one of the history boys alongside Bradman, Hammond, Hick and co. Yeah, not going to happen, is it? I mean, <laughs> God, what, a, what an abject, abject change of change of tone it's been. I mean, do you remember April? Can I actually think back that far to, to the flat, hard pitches, a true... True turn for the spinners and opportunity for batsmen. It was it was glorious. And it was yeah, still cold. It, it was chilly, but it was. It's been look at the scorecard. That's that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, wanted. well, it's been rubbish. But honestly, it's been the worst May I I can remember. Yeah, it's been absolutely abject. Yeah, I was down at down at Chelmsford this week. I just don't know why I bothered, frankly. Nor I nor do I know why why the. Well, it was meant meant to be two hundred spectators allowed back at Chelmsford. <laughs> uh, actually, by the time you're taking in the stewards and the corporate guests, I think they I think they said one hundred and ten spectators were allowed in. And God, I pitied them. They, the it, golden it ticket. Just, it was just <laughs> miserable. They were, they were corralled into one corner of the ground, not allowed out uh, for lunch. You know, just uh, forced to sit there in misery, waiting for nothing to happen. Um, so yeah, it's like it, a Samuel know, the, Beckett play, wasn't it? Just it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah, chronic. Um, so you know, <laughs> for all for all the glorious scenes, we, there, there have been glorious scenes. I mean, the, you know, that that finish we had the other day with uh, Surrey Middlesex duking it out in front of the Sky mm. cameras and four thousand fans, and you know, that felt like felt like a return of sport. That was that was that was proper job. <laughs> um, so there have been some good sort of mini stories to tell in in this in this last week or so, but the overall story has been one of dreadful weather and, and 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 a bit of a fizzle but that doesn't take yeah. away the fact the fact that i have really 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 enjoyed this block of of, of matches in the, in the championship a real opportunity to focus on the game regardless of the fact that it's been pushed to the margins i'm sure george has got his opinions on that the margins <laughs> are rubbish we know that we we've, we've seen <laughs> that and, and and it is cold wet and miserable you know, we've we've had some good storylines and a good opportunity to really focus. And the live streaming has given us an opportunity to to see the stories in real time unfolding in a way that we haven't before. And so that as well has been been a great part of the narrative. And yeah, still that's really what's about in this, isn't it? Isn't it still a really good game? Uh, uh, honestly, <laughs> well, you know, it is though. Four days, five days, fifty over, twenty over, even a hundred balls. Cricket's a great bloody game. <laughs> Indeed, and even when you have four, 14 draws out of 20 in matches uh, starting in May. But uh, the live streams gave us Darren Stevens, uh, <laughs> the Hurricane Stevens down at down at Canterbury, and uh, and well, I think uh, the the concurrent like uh, the the numbers on on YouTube it was about six thousand or so at the height. But I mean, it felt like everyone in the world was watching Darren Stevens. Then all the other games were stopped. It was raining. <laughs> And George's pick for the future 
was yes proved right at last (laughs) exactly um and and obviously he did it with the return of spectators um which yes a limited success in every sense i think uh given the weather and the restrictions on numbers and all that um and we do just have uh one other thing to mention the 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 rachel hayho flint trophy starting uh this weekend um england players available from the looks of it and and another important step for getting the game back on a on a more normal footing um miller Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, they did remarkably well last summer in, in spite of everything to, to get a, a, a women's program that, that really, that, that stood up to scrutiny. The, the, the original Richard Hayho Flint trophy was, was a great success. Uh, it was, you know, two, two groups of four split, a, split apart so that they could get as many games in as possible. There's now just one, just the one big group. And it's, uh, I, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be great to, to watch them back in action. And, um, I, you know the, the the story of women's cricket is is a is a growing story. It, it, it's I mean there's there's interesting stories coming out of India about the non-payment of of players at the moment, but that doesn't doesn't detract from the fact that you know certainly with the hundred looming as well, um, the women are going to be very much on an equal footing to the men in that competition, and therefore everything that builds in towards it uh, adds to the narrative. And as you mentioned, the fact that England players will be available uh, does really adds extra to it i mean i was i was looking looking through some of the stats last summer because obviously the uh, england players went into a bubble for the the uh, west indies series and so missed much of the the hayho flint trophy i think tammy beaumont played a couple of games um you know to be available for for all of them and and really add some some gravitas and class to these proceedings uh, will be great so yeah bring it on it's uh, it's uh, it's very much an equal part of 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 the narrative this summer and um, and and the game's all the better for it Indeed, a great game. Uh, lots to look forward to and hopefully some summary weather. I think that will do us for today. England and New Zealand will be squaring off at Lords next week and we can but hope for some sunshine. And if we're being greedy, more fireworks than a Dominic Cummings select committee hearing. We'll be back for more soon. In the meantime, my thanks to Miller and George and to you all for tuning in. This has been the Switch It Podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. Listener.